0: Welcome back to Working Girls Don't Gatekeep, where I set out to answer the questions, what jobs are out there? How do I get these jobs? And what does that title even mean? I'm interviewing women who are in all different stages of their career. Some have been in their roles for many years. Some are transitioning into new industries. Some are job hunting. And some are business owners, but they all have one thing in common. These working girls don't gatekeep. Today is a special episode because I have my friend Allie with us. Allie is the founder of Beyond Herpes, which is a company that she founded. And I'm so excited to talk to her today because actually, she is kind of in the transition period. And one of the core values of Working Girls Don't Gatekeep is talking to people in real time. We always hear successful entrepreneurs looking back at how they started businesses, but rarely do we get the chance to connect with entrepreneurs who are in the process of just starting the, their business. So today's going to be a great episode. And I also think it's really cool that she is so vulnerable and vulnerably sharing about her diagnosis with herpes because it's something that I learned in this episode. Actually, a lot of people have. I think she said like one in six or one in, I think it was one in six people have it. So there is so much tabooness of the topic and she brings to light that it doesn't have to be such a taboo topic. And if you want to learn more about her and if you do have question, more questions about herpes, she has an awesome website and is a really great, trustworthy resource that I want to suggest you guys to. And she's happy to tell her story and she wants to share and make herpes less taboo. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. All right, welcome, Allie, to the Working Girls Don't Gatekeep podcast. So excited to have you today. Yeah, today we have Allie Mazur here with us today. Her and I actually have a funny meeting story, a cute meet cute, we like to call it. Um, so at my corporate job, she is a, was a customer of ours, and being a customer success manager, I ended up working with her, and we had some weird, like, natural, organic. Comment that was said on a customer call, and I was like, "Okay, this girl seems cool." So I messaged her after, and we got to talking about weird crunchy granola, organic. Okay, wait, you gotta take away the world, the word weird, because this stuff is legit. I don't want I want people to believe what we do. Oh hell yes! Okay, we're gonna own this. Um, so Allie and I started talking about like alternative medicine and ways to heal our body naturally and we just kind of went down that rabbit hole and between the two of us we have we just continue to share back and forth different ideas like we'll go as extreme as a coffee enema and then we'll chat about different links and things like that so when al when i was in san diego this summer i actually connected with Ali in person and we got to have lunch and here we are today Yay. Well, thank you for having me. Super excited to be here. And uh, should I do a quick little intro, like my, what I'm, who I am, what I do? But yes, please. That would be great. (laughs) Um, So I currently, um, I just started a company called Beyond Herbies. So we can talk about that more later. But I am a new, very new baby founder. And and then, like Nicole said, when I met her, I was um, running sales, I was the head of sales at a company that does corporate fitness programs, meditation, nutrition, yoga, all the things. So um, that's kind of like my very quick and um, little intro. And I like to surf and I am a yoga teacher and I like fruit to eat a lot of fruit. Love that. I know you texted me that you were on like a all grape diet for at least the mornings or something, right? (laughs) I I do like all fruit in the mornings, So I'll do just piles of grapes or blueberries, bananas, smoothies, like, but no, but not protein smoothies. Like I, I've really found that it helped like with cleansing. Yeah. To do a lot of fruit in the mornings. Love it. Me too. Okay. So a place I always like to start here is kind of going back in time. So tell me about one of your first jobs that really stood out to you. Yes. Okay. So my first job was at Yelp. I was a sales associate or what? junior sales associate, like whatever the very starter job is, like fresh out of college. I mean, I guess this wasn't my, I had jobs in college. I was a like hostess and stuff like that. But the one that stands out is working at Yelp as um, a sales associate. I started with a group of 50 other people. It was when Yelp was about to, or had just IPO'd. So it had just gone public. It was growing like crazy and I started in a like quote class of 50 people and I loved it. For me, that was um, exciting because it was like a competition almost. And I, I actually haven't thought about this in a while, but it really fueled, I mean, they, I'm sure they did it like that on purpose. Like you wanted to be top of your class, like top of the group of people you started with. Um. So yeah, I cold called. I made a hundred phone calls a day. And with, you know, I was like, it, I felt like it was very below me at first and I I feel bad saying it, but I- I remember being so frustrated and thinking, what on earth am I doing? Cold calling, cold emailing. I have, you know, I was in the honors program at college. I was always top of my class and about and stuff like that. But like, I was like, why am I doing, why am I doing this? And then now flash forward, I'm like, holy smokes, I can sell anything. I learned how to be so confident and, and really a people person too, um, because I talked to all sorts of different people on those. Phone calls, even though most of them were hang-ups, um, I did learn that. and and I will say one other thing I learned is hum, hum like humility at that job. I was not top of that class. I did not excel at that career. Um, it was you had like territories, and I'm just gonna say it out loud. I personally think I was kind of screwed over with my territory, <laughs> but but it taught me a major lesson. Like the guy next to me had Brooklyn, New York. When Brooklyn was booming, I had a suburb outside of um, Pittsburgh. And I was like, of course, he's going to make more like, like, but they at at the company, they brainwash you. And they're like, nope, if you're a good salesperson, you can do just as well as him. So whatever, controversial, but I did not excel. Mr. Williamsburg, Brooklyn did. And, um, <laughs> it just taught me a lot though about like, there's a, there's balance. Like, yes, part of it was that, but part of it was me telling myself the story that I was um, given a bad hand or whatever. So anyway. How long were you there for? One year on day three, whatever. Like, I was like, I'm out of here. But <laughs> I had I heard that it was, this was probably back, this was like 2012 or 13. This was when like this, it was important to stay at a job for a year. Do you remember that time? Did Was that like? I, the, well, like, at that point I was, I think I had just started college, but it totally is a, and was a theme. I don't know that it has really ended with the generation ahead of us, you know? Yeah, it was definitely, I just remember from all angles, just stick it out a year, yeah. which was fun. I'm glad I did. I made a lot of good friends. I built a good community in New York, Like, but it was it was fun. It showed how much I, I really didn't like, like it ultimately, because after a year, I, I left and I told them, and I actually went to Foursquare. Which was a major competitor. Um, they reached out and which was very cool. That was a whole cool experience. And so when I told them I was going to Foursquare, they were like, pack up your desk, leave. Like it's like you're out of the dramatic. <laughs> yeah. It was dramatic. It's like I showed you loyalty for three hundred and sixty-seven days. And yeah, now you give me two hours to pack my bag. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. And then and you know, I'm now friends with that like people that I worked with there. But job wise, it was very, yes, like you said, dramatic and yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then fast forward a little bit, you know, you go to work at Foursquare, then you become a co-founder of a company. Yes. So it was, you know, obviously a lot of ups and downs, crazy. And I will go into that whole story. Basically, eventually I really burned out in tech sales. So I was at Foursquare, then I was at another really cool marketing company and did sales for them. Um, I actually, just important side note, the, the reason my career took a massive change was because I, I mentioned at the beginning, I started this company called Beyond Herpes. It was because of a personal thing that happened in my life where I got herpes and I got genital herpes. Um, and I completely, you know, I, I had to quit. I had to leave Foursquare. It was actually when I was at Foursquare. I was so shook up, traumatized derailed. Um, I moved home for three months and you know went through a really hard depression time and um, decided, okay, I want to move back to New York. I want to get back into sales, but I need to rethink what I'm doing um, and do something that's more in alignment with my values, blah, blah, blah. So um, then I met a woman who was starting a corporate fitness, yoga, meditation company, And we joke, me and her, that it was the best first date we have ever been on. And I still think it's day. Like, cause we met at Dig In. I don't even know if Dig In is still a thing Um, in New York. And someone was like, oh, you should meet this girl. She's looking for a sales job and she's into yoga. She teaches yoga, that that was me. And then this woman was in Columbia Business School looking for her first hire for this company. She was just trying out. And we met and it was just like, it was so awkward because she was like, well, I guess we don't even have to do interview. Like, this is great. Let's go. Oh my gosh. So that was destined. Yeah. And that was the job that I, then I stayed at that job for almost nine years. So I don't, so we have other things to talk about, but I definitely don't have recent like interview tips because I feel like I got, yeah, I stayed really long and built the company with her to be pretty big um, and didn't. Yeah pop around that much. Would you call yourself an entrepreneur of that business or would you say you're more of like a partner in the business? I definitely, it definitely started as I was like her first hire. Like it didn't feel like, it because I mean, she was like, try Like she definitely started, started it out of like her, she went to Columbia business school and it was her baby and it was her, she had had interns before. But then as we grew and grew, I, it did come to a point where after a few years, it, it kind of, was in a way backwards but it felt perfect and timely she was like I want you to be able to call I want you to call yourself my co-founder because that's what you are to me and it was like this really special moment I'll never forget and um and I I remember thinking well is that weird to say that I am even though I wasn't that from the beginning and nothing's no like I I helped her grow we got acquired by a massive real estate company in New York on so we You know, we had, uh, we had ten like corporate employees, and then over nine hundred contractors working for us. So we were we grew really, really big, really large. Yeah, you must be proud of that. Yeah, and I, yes, but I forget sometimes to like. It's like when you're in something and it's happening so fast, and it's growing so fast, and it's just what you like. It was like my I was like working nights and weekends and and. I didn't realize like I had it had to be like my parents that were like, Ali, what you're doing is really cool. Like and or when they introduced me to people and what I did, they were the ones that reminded me, oh, this is like a this is something to be proud of. It's hard. It And actually, that's a good point. Like it is a kind of downside to being higher up at a company like you don't have like someone patting you on the back. You don't have someone lift like constantly giving you positive reinforcement like that person has to be you Um. And that was what I found after a few years. It, toward the end of my time there, I found that really impacting me. I mean, here I am starting a, a company, book, whatever, <laughs> I'll figure it out. <laughs> well, I can be your hype girl if you need, but I can totally see that being um, like as an employee because I've ne- I haven't necessarily been like a founder of a company or anything. I can see as an employee how I get pumped up by my man- by my manager giving me accolades or by me getting a promotion or something. And that is kind of an external thing that you don't get as a, as a co-founder. Nobody's above you to tell you you get a promotion or you did a great job or something. Yeah. And I will say, um, in case anyone on my team listens to this, I hope they do, my, my exuberancy team, my CEO Liz, she did an amazing job of making me feel great. But And, and rewarding me when there were good times and we had, you know, but, but because I was running the entire sales process, like I was the one that made the quotas and made the, the, so so it didn't, it was, yeah, it was different than having someone really above you when it came to the like sales structure. Sure. Okay. So you were at this company, Exuberancy, for nine years. Nine years is a really long time. Yeah. yeah, Eight half. Okay. (laughs) Um, we can round up or whatever, but anyways, what is it like and what are some good, some good and bad sides of staying at a company for so long? Yeah. So I think, oh, there's so so many, I don't even, I don't know what to start. I feel like if I start with a bad, that means I'm like a negative person, but um, just what comes to mind, one of the things right now, especially in today's like economy and stuff is. When you, when you stay somewhere for so long, you don't – I had friends that were in – that I had met early in my career in my sales days that were jumping around and going to do sales at um, another, you know, tech company or ad company or Google or um, – what well, was another big – I'm trying to think. There was another big one that everyone went to. Um, right. Point being, they would get raises every time, like big raises and counter offers and, and just keep jumping and then get in – until they got to the salary they wanted and then i because i wasn't jumping i wasn't leveraging that and and then i would have you know people say to me oh we'll just go interview and get counter offers and then present them and then and then you'll just get paid way more and i'm like no like i know i knew how much the company was bringing and i knew how much i could get paid so i think that was just one negative to being in a small company and being um not a, really mobile is Salary, like it, I was very content. That's a whole nother topic. I, I'm not trying to. I was very content and happy, and felt like I was making what I wanted and needed to make. But I could have been making a lot more money, um, in the world of sales in New York City, at after a few years. Um, so the downside, I think, another one is just growth. Like you, you get stagnant because, I, I, like I know I could have done other things and started other things or joined other teams and learned more skills. But I I didn't. And and I don't I won't even talk more to that because then I'll switch to the positive. And that's what people overlook is it's so nice to grow with a team and with other coworkers. And our team happened to be all women. So I was going to say of women and like learn about them and learn about what they're good at and I'm good at and like help each other and like craft and mold our day to day work and lives based on what we like to do and it made the job really fluid and like you know I never it never felt um like such a chore to be doing something for one of my coworkers because I was friends with them and um yeah I think that was a really a positive a positive thing that came out of it also just like the seeing the the, the growth of a company and the challenges that um come along at each different phase. Like the things that we think are hard in year one were like so funny and not a big deal in year six. Um, so that, I, that was constant. That's really preparing you or maybe had prepared you for being a business owner yourself. Yes. Yes. It, it had. Well, I, yes, I know. I, I believe so. I will see <laughs> next year yeah. the things that I can take, like, um, I think what if I had to, if I had to, you know, do it again and go back in time and no regrets, but I would, I would have been even more like, like, uh, nitpicky. Like, like I would have asked my CEO to like even shadow her more because at the beginning of a company, like, she did what she was good at and she, like find all the financials and stuff. Like, I didn't even touch at the beginning because I was, I was go out and sell, go out and get. So it was very separate. And then, you know, once in a while, she'd be like, oh, I should probably come on a sales call with you. And I'd be like, once in a while, I'd be like, I should probably learn about what's going on at that <laughs> end of the book. But I would have done that even more so that I could have learned, um, you know, about bookkeeping or whatever. Because now there are things that I would, ass- one might assume I know how to do that. I just, as we grew so fast, I never took the time to learn. I feel like yeah. That's honest. Yeah. My, I I think that's super common, to be honest. I think so many people kind of when things are kind of flying, you've got balls in the air and everything, it's just staying in your own lane sometimes keep thing keeps the chaos kind of in a in a good place. Um, I have a question for you. What advice would you give to somebody who is kind of on the fence of staying in a company versus leaving? Because there's a piece of loyalty, it sounds like that you have towards that company. Um But how do you define a bad day at work versus a bad job? Uh, That's such a good question. Okay, I think that you being really aware of like the bigger picture of how your job is affecting your mental and physical health is, I know that sounds like a big overwhelming thing to reflect on, but... Is really really important and a way to do that that I've learned throughout the years, it, because I've stepped away for a few weeks at a time from exuberance when I was at the company, um, to to be not not you know saying oh I'm taking it not like a breakup when you're dating like I'm taking a break but more like an intentional vacation to see like okay if I'm not working for these two weeks like is this the thing that's stressing me out am I all of a sudden like feeling much better or is it something else because I did go through a time probably like most people listening that during COVID where I was totally burned out, extremely stressed. And I thought for sure it was my job um, because of how stressful it was for our company during that. But I took some time away and I realized like it was so much, it was so much more. It could have been a combination, but it was my relationship at the time with the guy I was with. It was some family stuff. It was my health, underlying health issues. You know did the health issues come from job stress? Okay, maybe a little bit, but not to the extent. I, I just I just knew it was like an intuitive knowing that it was something more. And so I was able to go back after I t- had taken that time. I did it a few times and realize that there were other things in my life I needed to, to focus on. Okay, so to give more back to your question, though, I think it's, uh, yeah, being really Like sitting – I want to give you the woo-woo answer, but like sitting in more stillness with yourself and like meditating more that – I took like an eight-week meditation course during the most stressful part of my past few years and you'll eventually – your body tells you eventually what needs to happen and whether or not you choose to listen is up to you. But um, I think being more still is my answer. And people can take that as they want to. Let that be advice for anything, any decisions you're about to make. Like they always say, don't make something in a rushed moment, but it's because you want your mind to be clear. And in order to have a clear mind, I think it takes that sitting, resting, reflecting, meditating, praying. Yeah. And quietness. Yeah. And eventually like, yeah. And I, I think too, the job the the to leave or not to leave yeah reflect on like the relationships you have at the job like are they lifting you up are they neutral or are they bringing you down if they're neutral or lifting you up amazing like and even neutral amazing because you can get relationships in other parts of your life that are more lifting you up or more exciting on um, but if there is a relationship that's bringing you down and that's just not bearable that's when you you leave okay is my thought. Okay. So this is, I want to transition into what you're currently doing today. Is there anything else you want to cover before we do that? No, I'll just say like, if you're out in the sales world, I mean, you're, cause you're kind of in the sale. Yeah. And I just, there, I really be grateful for any like really hard sales jobs you've had because I am so, I still to this day, am so grateful. I, I guess I made that clear at the beginning. And no, there's not, sometimes there's not a shortcut. Like sometimes you have to just do the uncomfortable stuff when it comes to sales. And yeah. If, I, if someone would have told me that a long time ago, I would have felt a little better. Honestly, the role that you had, the first one, it was very similar to my very first role out of college, which was an SDR role, sales development yeah, role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, the greatest initiation that almost anyone who wants to be in business should have to do it should be like (laughs) a required internship if you're a business major wanting to be in sales or something yeah 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 Yeah. so if if anyone listening is in an sdr bdr role like it sucks but it's so good for you so yeah and reach out i will will give you advice (laughs) okay she said (laughs) it Okay, so Allie, you are now a, a new business owner. And yes, it's for a company that's very personal to you. So tell me about your business. Yeah, so it's called Beyond Herpes. And at this point of this phase, I'm kind of doing it in two phases. So call it unconventional or whatever. I wanted to start as it being just me. So I am a coach and a speaker and I provide support and um one-on-one sessions for people that are dealing with an initial or ongoing herpes outbreak. So most of the people I work with have genital herpes, but oral herpes is fair game too. It's, you know, often just can be just as traumatizing for some people. Um and the that's so phase one is what I'm in right now. And I, you know, I take intake calls, I do one-on-one sessions. Um, I try to build my Instagram and TikTok following. I speak on lots of podcasts about it. But it is, it has been a really big learning because I don't want to be a one man show forever. I do want to work with people again, and the phase two will be building a platform that when people are searching and you know death searching on Google at 3 a.m. and scrolling through pages and pages of how to tell someone I have herpes, what are what natural treatments for herpes? Should I take the medicine? Should I not? Like there's a thousand questions you ask and you keep yourself up at night for weeks. I know I did, and I know. Everyone that comes to me has a pretty similar story of like not getting an- the right answers, feeling so overwhelmed. I want there to be a resource and a platform where people will find it'll be top of the search list, list and it will get you set up with a care team. So based on your situation, whether you're it's more your physical symptoms that are the problem or you're having really bad mental health issues because of the herpes diagnosis, then you're matched with a naturopath and a therapist or a health coach and a doctor, because you might need the prescription. There is there is one prescription medicine that is good for that. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so, but but the I mean, actually, not to shy away from that point, it is like very overwhelming to decide, do I take the medication? Do I do it naturally? Do I do medical medium and his fasting, which I'm going to be doing, or which I've done, Um, and I want people to feel really taken care of and like they have a support group. So if you've heard of Parsley Health, it's kind of similar to that. Um, and that's what I'll be building and I'll be, you know, eventually getting developers and investors and stuff, but not there yet. Okay. I love that we have you on at this stage because there's so many podcasts that are like, oh, I built this reflecting back on where they're at after yeah. a successful business has been built. We know we're going to have you back on when your business is, you know, two years from now and you're going to have all the, these success stories. But in the thick of it, what is it like to quit your job to build a business? <laughs> okay. So the first thing that comes to mind is it is un, a, a phase of unraveling. Like it is accepting that there needs to be a time and and will I, financially we can talk about this too like if you're set up and if you can if you have set yourself up for success to save uh, and saved a little bit like I've saved enough to be comfortable for a few months. We'll just keep it at that. but I would advise anyone listening that's considering quitting their job and going and just taking a break, which I highly recommend if you're dealing with you know bigger things that like mental health issues and you want some time, but save enough that you will feel comfortable. Because the past, it's it's just been a month since I've officially quit my corporate job. And it has been such a gift to be able to not wake up with an alarm clock, to not laptop from a coffee shop every single morning and have a set schedule for when I have my calls and when I have my deep work time, to go to the grocery store at 10 a.m. and to like cook during the day and or like things that i never would have been able to or let myself do and it's hard it's not easy i'm not like oh great i'm going to go for a yoga class today at noon like i i don't but i'm learning like this is what my my mind and body has needed for so long is to like unravel from the the 8 years i was in a very set schedule and a very 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 focused routine and to learn what how I'll actually thrive moving forward and creating a business, if that makes sense. So yeah, lots of like, uh, going back to the stillness, like stopping, pausing and being like, Allie, it's okay you didn't wake up till 8am and didn't do your workout this morning before you got on your email with your coffee at exactly 8.30 because that's when your focus mode is the best. It's like, no, it's okay. (laughs) Like, Oh, my gosh. I could preach on this forever. I've mentioned this before. I hate the book called Atomic Habits for Women. Or atop- I don't like the book called Atomic Habits. Yeah. Specifically for women. And I mean, this I is why. either. And people love it. And I thought it was... Sorry. I'm sorry, the author. I, d- I never like to be mean. But I just didn't even think it was that good. I just think that it disregards women's flow. And our creativity yeah. is different. And where we're at in our cycle every day, week, month is different. Where men, it's probably a great book for them because yeah. it's yeah. every day six a.m. every day six fifteen every day, and you have everything set up. Where what you just explained to me is so encouraging that that's how life is supposed to be. What you just said of like I can cook, I can wake up with the sunshine, I can go to the grocery store. Those are pieces of life that corporate America has taken away from us, and yeah. that honestly, that's what life is. Those yeah and for for any critics out there cuz I, I i will say just to that exact statement it doesn't mean that i'm not necessarily putting in a solid 2 or 3 hours from like 4 to 7 later that night or like uh, it's it's just like it doesn't ha- especially in today's world like it doesn't have to be but i just yeah i created such a story for myself that like mornings were productive then afternoons were this then i was didn't i shouldn't be on my screen past a certain time and it's like Oh my gosh! Just let it go. <laughs> seriously, seriously, and this is something that I think um, we don't allow ourselves to even dream about because it's so ingrained in us to get a job that's eight to five that provides stability and you know what you're going to make each month, day, you know, each every two weeks, every year. You probably have a good idea, even if you are a salary. And the beauty of owning your own business or being in some type of role that's like a lot of commission. Um, it does not mean hours put in equals money received. Mm-hmm. You like this is just a secret that corporate America is hiding from people. Actually, you don't have to do eight hours to produce eight hours worth of work. yeah and and I think too, I, it's just something uh, yeah, well, i I have a quick tip that I'm just so like I'm way too proud of that I did recently. So Instagram reels, for example, I don't like making Instagram reels. I actually like really. I mean, I don't. I like doing the ones where you talk at it because that's easy to do for me. But like the cute pictures and videos and captions, and I was just like, I'm not going to spend four or five hours. It would have probably taken me longer doing this. I paid someone fifty bucks to do them for me, and I paid, <laughs> and like that's a simple business lesson. That so is if you such a good hack. It needs to be reiterated to people. Like. Like, time is money. Like, so that Instagram reel is going to get a lot of clients coming in for me. And I didn't spend, yeah, I spent $50 instead of six, seven hours. Um, so just a simple example for that. Okay. Um, To be super transparent, how did you find that person? Oh, I, friend of a, fr- she's a really good family friend. And I saw her make an amazing video about her, her life. And I was like, oh, who's that? Who is that girl that I saw make the video whatever i i I didn't even have her number. I like asked my mom for her number and reached out. So it's just about being really bold and resourceful Um, I, yeah, yeah, I can't. and the other thing, podcasts, like like, I love this. This feels so much. This doesn't feel like work because it's casual and we're just talking mm-hmm. about like jobs, but I often talk about my at the herpes job, I talk about like a lot of the deep stuff and the dating and the how to like, how to cure outbreaks and prevent them and the diet changes and all of that on on podcasts but the way i get on those podcasts is i just copy and paste a really great formatted email make it a little customized and email a bunch of random podcasts and that that is just a few hours of work to get instead of because i know that's my yeah sorry this is going on a tangent but like i know that's where I shine is like, I can, I can, I love speaking with people and on podcasts. So instead of trying to create more Instagram content or TikTok or ads, I put in those hours to cold email and then it produces the podcast, which in turn get clients. So it's about finding, yeah, what you're being like really resourceful with what you're good at. That's awesome. That was probably writing those cold emails probably came from um, experience of your very first job where you had to oh, do a yeah. lot of cold calls and, you know, oh my gosh, I have, I feel like, yes, I love and I'm very proud of my email composition. <laughs> 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 and people need it for anything. If you can write a cold email, um, you can cater to anything. Asking for a job, that's a cold email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, asking to be on a podcast, that's a cold email. Just, It goes without saying that those are important things. And I think they stand out because not a lot of people do them, to be honest. Yeah. And then, you, yeah, I remember getting so many at my last job. And then most, a lot of them were bad. So, like, they're not, like, they're like, what is this person thinking? This is way too long or this is way too detailed or this isn't or this is so stupid, some stupid joke. Like, there is a finesse to it. So, if you think yours is good, but you're not getting any responses, reach out. Okay. (laughs) But all these favorite ones are the ones. It's like totally um Grant Cardal style kind of. I'd say, like, hey Ellie, do you have 27 seconds to read this email? And I'm like, a- delete. My my mine is when they email the 30, it's always the third email, the third or the fourth. And it's like, Well, should I worry? Did you fall in the shower? Yeah, I'm like, Oh my god, is this is far? shower." Like, like I I'm guessing you're just not responding, but if there's any reason for me to be worried that you fell in the shower or something and are unconscious, I'm like, this isn't even funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That one is cringe. I know. It's bad. But, um, but yeah, so I, I do. And, and I, Nicole, you don't even know this. So sorry to surprise, but I do do like, I try not to like, no, this is actually a good thing to talk about. I on the side do sales consulting. So like I help with like young people and their sales careers that want just like Think, think of it as like if you're an SDR or you're a junior account executive and you want like a tutor, like you want someone for like three to four sessions to help you level up and beat out your other fellow SDRs. I absolutely love doing that. And I've done it on the side for like friends of friends and like just dabbled with it. And for a few years, I was like, oh, this feels weird. I'm like doing too many things, but it's not like or, or, or I've decided now And I used to think, oh, I have to have a separate website that is one for my sales consulting and one for my beyond herpes. But I've just decided, no, it's just I can do whatever I want. And if that's a side hustle, I can just share about it when I want and bring in clients when I want. Um, So that's a fun thing I've been doing too. Well, okay. What do you think about this like controversial topic? Um, Another... Kind of snowed thing that corporate America has taught us is that you really have to stick to your lane, and it should be all in. Mm -hmm. Like when you say lane, like do you mean like what your your job title, like what you're doing, or what you're wait, just describe for me. Yeah, so you're doing exactly what I mean is that you are all in on Beyond Herpes, but also you realize that another passion of yours is kind of a totally different industry. And I think that having one job for eight hours a day is really, really restricted. And so piecemealing jobs and ways to make money is kind of the future of income. Yeah. And I think, I think it comes down to like the, uh, your personality type or like if you're, if, if you can, if you can do that, I think, I don't, I think it's amazing. And I don't think there's, it's like you're going to be a business failure if you try to do it because – I'll use my example, I guess, to decide when, or to tell you what I'm saying. So when I left Exuberancy just a few months ago, I put out this massive email to all our – my network um, at Exuberancy, like all our contractors and people, workshop facilitators and t- yoga teachers. And I said, I'm starting Beyond Herpes, but I'm also going to be hosting a few yoga retreats this year, which I, I will be. And I remember, too, same thing, thinking, God, people are really going to think I'm all over the place. And it's like, so the only problem is that I think people and am caring what I think people think. Like, what? Like, if I can host two yoga retreats in Costa Rica and run Beyond Herpes and do some sales consulting, that's amazing. Like, there's nothing. And sure, that might sound like really scattered to, to others, which is also perfectly fine and respectable. But I get really bored if I'm doing these same things. Yeah. So, and I will, and I'm set up to do it too. So like, I will say if you've never hosted a yoga retreat and you don't have a big network of people that are into yoga retreats, okay, maybe don't just randomly decide to host two yoga retreats the year you start a business. But I have hosted retreats. I lived in a very, I lived in Encinitas, California in a major yoga surf community I have a network. I know I can get 15 people to come on a yoga retreat. So I'm, I'm going to do it. Okay, really quickly, can you plug your yoga retreat? <laughs> but yeah, well, it's not, I don't have like the exact dates yet. There's probably going to be one in July and one in early December. So late July, early December, and one in Costa Rica and one in Southern California. Love it. Like really like mysterious because I don't have the exact details, but um. But they'll both be yoga, both include like hiking, nature stuff. The Costa Rica one, obviously surfing. San Diego one, maybe surfing. Depends on the conditions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye out for that. Um, I don't know when when or where your July one is, but it's my 30th birthday in July. And I've been playing with like, I want to go, I think I want to go somewhere big. I've been playing with Spain and, and Portugal. On my vision board, I also have Santa Barbara, okay, if I don't want to go huge into Spain or something, but nothing has, like, landed perfectly yet, so I'm keeping all my options open. Okay, this is good to know. We'll stay. I'll keep you abreast of things, too. Yeah. Okay. um, This is something that we haven't talked about yet. Are you comfortable sharing more about herpes? Is it common uh, for people to have herpes? Yeah, great question. Um, and thanks for asking. So, super, super, super common. Um, and, you know, the reason I'm confident that, I mean, sadly, I wish this was not the case, but they're over 80% of the population has HSV one. So, herpes one, which is oral herpes, um, AKA the cold sore virus. So, it's super common, not taboo for a lot of people. Some people just have it all growing up, they never even think twice about it. They maybe got a cold sore once, never get it again. That's that percentage and that number. The other form or the other like strain is herpes 2, HSV 2, which one in eight people worldwide and one in six, it's estimated in the US, have it. So, but also just like herpes 1, it doesn't always show up. So a lot of more so men than women have it, but they just never had, they're asymptomatic. They don't have symptoms. However, they can spread it. Um, so that's where a lot of the, that's how it spreads quite often is the asymptomatic part. Um, and, it, and it's not, I'm not, I want to be clear too, like if you have made it dormant for a very long time, like if you're very aware, then it's much less likely that you're going to spread it. So if I personally have made it dormant. I haven't had an outbreak in over four and a half, five years now. it keep, The number keeps getting higher and I keep having to remember that I need to change it when I tell people. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, so I haven't had one. So it's, I'm very, you know, confident that I wouldn't spread it to someone. However, I always tell partner, I, I hate when I say always tell partners, I don't sleep around. <laughs> like I've had a few boyfriends the past few years and I have told them all about it on to be safe but none of them have gotten it so it's oh okay that's really really interesting I don't think that I knew that you aren't guaranteed getting it oh yeah no 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 like you if if you're if it's dormant and you're aware and you're safe like safe being meaning if I were to feel an outbreak coming on I wouldn't and there was a point in one of my long-term relationships where I didn't count it as an outbreak because I never actually had one I like felt it coming on like kind of like you feel like a pimple when it's like coming but it's not there yet. And I was like, "Oh shoot, this is happening." And so my partner and I that he was my long-term boyfriend that I actually lived with, we just we just didn't have sex for like a week and then it went away and moved on with our lives. Um so so yeah. Um I'm trying to think. your question was so simple and then I made it much longer answer. <laughs> well, <laughs> Um, that's because I think that it's just kind of a conversation or a topic that isn't discussed very much. so there's a lot to cover yeah, it's and it's wild how taboo it still is like even on Instagram, like people I know are hesitant to like or repost or share my content because then it will, you know make others maybe quote think they have herpes, which which I understand that I have compassion for because if you If you don't have it and you don't want people to think you have it and you're single and you're actively dating, like, I totally sympathize. I just wish there was an easier way because, you know, I'll post the cute surf video and that's fine and good to share, but not a herpes fact or whatever. Yeah. Well, you're bringing a lot of awareness to it. And the fact that one in six people have it just makes people confident that they're not alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, the number is crazy. And I don't even like it's another thing to remember is that it a lot of people aren't tested for it because they don't if they don't have an outbreak, they might not ever get tested. Um, Often, it's not even included on a standard STD panel. So it's I think I'm pretty sure at this point from all the people I've worked with, it depends on where the clinic you go into the state you're in. But some people will go in and say, hey, I'm I want a full I want a panel for STDs and it doesn't include herpes. Like you have to ask separately in cases to have the blood work for herpes included because that's how common it is. Like they just don't, I, there's a New York Times article that's like, they, that talk about how doctors don't want to deal with the mental health crisis uh, that ensues or, you know, the mental health issues that ensue when people get a positive herpes test, if they've never had an outbreak, so they just don't bother putting it on the test. And it's like, well, then you're just per- you're just making it a spread more, mm. and b causing much more trauma when someone does find out they have it because they yeah. think it's scary and not everyone has it. When yeah, somebody- okay, so that means that the New York Times under or whoever is funding the study, I guess, um, understands how big and important and common it is, but then just wants to hide it essentially. Yeah, like. Yeah, it's like they just don't want to – I don't know what the that particular article, like the doctors don't want to deal. And, I, and I, I've seen this firsthand because like so many women that come to me with issues say my gynecologist literally just gave me a bottle of pills and said, oh, you're fine. Everyone has it. And and it's like they think they're doing us a favor because they think they're like by not caring and taking time to talk about it, they think they're like, like exuding that it's not a big deal or whatever. But – it, it doesn't help when you get this horrible, painful, scary rash that's stigmatized and the gynecologist says, oh, you're fine, sweetie. Everyone has it. Bye. Next patient, please. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like not okay. <laughs> and that's why it, people like you are around for support and help. But then that's yeah. also why you and I have connected because we don't have faith in the medical system. But that's for another day. Yes. Oh, my God. We could have a whole podcast about this. Yeah, I could. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm very, very. You know, my family's like, when are you getting your appointment? When's your annual? Whatever. Like, I am so in tune now with my own body, and like, yes, I. There's definitely a place for medicine, but I have been very, very. I had an unnecessary surgery on my ovaries from a gynecologist that I like to say he was scissor happy and Hmm. just my money, and it was like so horrible. And that's when I really took a turn for like. Not trusting the medical system. Yeah, my lady parts. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that it took that to happen, because I think we all have stories of reasons why, and just even more studies like this. But that's why I'm so happy that there's people who are brave like you who are creating businesses and resources and places for women and men too, right? Because yeah, yeah. Oh, great question. Yeah. Yes, I love working with men. It's uh, actually one of the big issues is that men are even more so told, like, oh, don't worry about it. You probably won't have any more outbreaks. You just have herpes one or whatever. And then they spread it. And they were like, so they stuff it down. They think it's not a big deal. They pretend it's not a big deal. And it's so I wish more men would come to me. But. Yeah. Okay. So how how is your business going, by the way? Yeah. So... It is going. Um, It's very fun learning how much different not having a regular standard same exact every two weeks paycheck is. Um, But like I mentioned kind of earlier, I set myself up so that I could for a few months be perfectly okay and accepting with that and live, not live in a state of fear or stress, which I think is really crucial. Um, And because it's, it's not to a point, you know, it's to a point where I might have a few like clients for two weeks and then people cancel or reschedule or like I don't get any intake calls for a week or two in a row and if I was in like a panic state I'd be like oh my gosh what am I gonna do but instead I'm just learning so much about where to devote my resources and then spending more focused time on like reaching out to the podcast or whatever and I'm I'm grateful for the ebb and flow right now. Um, instead of like just all of a sudden having an onslaught of um of calls or clients that is too much to manage mm-hmm. because I can yeah, take take the time. So I hope that answers the way you've <laughs> the question, but it's not we're not booming yet. <laughs> okay. That's okay that um I'm glad that you have some clients too and that yeah. you set yourself up um to like be comfortable because there's such an energy in the lack that is actually pushing clients away i can only assume and when you're in such a space of like comfort and secure security yeah yeah that's attractive yeah and energetically oh my gosh i like and i really mean this and i'll say it on here too like i i think what i i want to work with people if they if they want to get better and they want to heal their outbreaks, if they want to learn how to date and be more confident and talk about their herpes diet, whatever, I want to do whatever I can to work with people. So yes, I have like a standard rate per session and I recommend four session, four sessions minimum. And I, I do try to stick to it, but I also am still at the phase where if someone comes to me and just like, I guess this is the sales part of me, I would really honor if someone came to me and said, look, if you can do a little bit off or like 15 or whatever. I'm, I'm saying it here, like I would be so open to it because I still want to keep learning and working with different people from different backgrounds. And um so so yeah, that's that's really the honest phase I'm at is like also being and and maybe in a year or six months, I'll be at a point where I chart I am having so many clients that I can't I I actually can't do that. I in fact I think that's going to be the case. So right now I'm really excited to be able to be more flexible. Okay, good. Do you have um, do you have things in place that you think is going to help ramp up your clientele? Yeah um I have I'm working with a company that's going to help me with SEO and ads and Google stuff, which I was very back and forth and up and down about but I think I re- I just again sat in stillness and thought okay, take a step back. If sure, there's all this like a, like promoting doing all your business on social versus paying for ads. But when I think about it, the way that I want people to find me is when they are so lost and they are searching on Google. Like it's so not – so so for me personally, that's something I'm investing in. Um, and then also some of – I'm on this like really well-known podcast coming up soon with a, a like a love and relationship coach in London. So super excited about that. Um good. Those are some of the brewing things. Yes. Yeah. It sounds like you're matching where your ideal client should come from. Yes. Yeah. Well. Is there anything else you want to share? I have one last question after this. (laughs) You have such great questions. Um no, I think no. Ask me the question, and if I think of anything else. All right. So question. Oh my gosh, I forgot a very favorite segment. Okay, two more questions. Number one. Um, Tell me about like a pop culture book, TV show, social, anything that you're loving right now. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm not a show. I'm not a TV person. Um, I am. What am I reading? Oh, I'm reading a really good book on sexless in the city. And it is so puns on sex in the city. And it's really cool. I met a girl here in Austin, actually, who wrote it. And we immediately became fast friends. And it oh my gosh, it's so good. For any Christians out there, it's an amazing read. It's about like reclaiming your sexuality and like getting over the shame and guilt of growing up as a female in the church. Um and she takes a really biblical approach to like how to date and be single in your twenties and thirties. Um, and when the question when the questions that going, you know, that are going through your head are like, is it sinful to sleep, you know? To have sex before marriage is masturbation involved, and she makes some pretty amazing, compelling arguments um, for and against something. So I, I won't give any more away, but that's the book I'm reading, and it's really good. Okay, I think this book needs to really be mass spread because I know there's I some don't... deep, deep stories. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited. I mean, she wrote it, I think, a few years ago, and I'm like, oh my, there's going to be a run- There's going to be another like. Big boom with this book. I mean, if and it has so much to do with my what I dealt with with herpes personally mm-hmm. because, I, yeah, I felt so guilty being a vir- like losing my virginity before marriage. So that's why I'm reading it. I will also really quick say though that I'm I'm I did watch a few episodes of my life with the Miller boys. Have you heard of this? I've never heard of that. Oh, it's on Netflix. Okay, I was babysitting one night and the kids were watching it. And if you need like a brainless show that's like a high school love drama that's really sweet, it's really good. My life with the Miller Boys? Yes. Okay. Good. Writing these down. I love that. So a really good book and then a fun TV show. Good, good recommendations. Okay. Um, Allie, what is a piece of advice that you as a working girl won't gatekeep? Mm Hmm. Won't. I won't hide. I, when I think of gatekeep, I just think of hide. That's, yeah, or a piece of advice you have. Yeah. Um. I think if, oh my gosh, so much. No, you know what? I have, this is my really true one, is to take care of your physical health when you're, you know, going through a hard time and you're, like, either dealing with a hard job or, like, in between careers or, like, if, if I would have paused a lot, long a few several years ago and focused more on my health when it was like really really bad, and I mean no ifs, woulds or whatever, I want I don't I just didn't, and it got to a point where I actually had to take medical leave for five weeks. This a few yeah, I think I told you about that, um, for some really bad like, te- like gut problems, and we all know like gut problems can come from stress and whatever. I just think as a working woman today, like if you're in your late twenties, your thirties, it is sometimes extremely stressful and not our bodies are like confused they're like wait we want to be like having babies maybe we want to be like rep- preparing and then nesting and then and and so to not like honor that and know that your body might go through hard times or changes or hormonal issues can really impact your career on for the negative and make you stay at a job you don't like or make you feel stuck or make you not get out it, it might make you get out of your creative flow and they're like that's so important so it's a really like broad answer but focus on your health do what you need to do to heal yeah that is actually how you and i met or like how we got connected because in our work environments i had met you and then someone was like okay but i'm actually the one you're gonna be working with because ali's going on a health retreat oh to yeah we're at malta or something. Cypress. Cypress. I, uh, Cyprus, Cyprus. I, guess. I yeah. was like, that is interesting. I better connect with her on that. Yeah, so that's true. how we sort of kicked things off. Yeah. I wish I had some like good classic advice, but at the moment. That one is true to your heart and I believe it too. I think yeah. it's more important know, it, than. It would be to save more. That would be my other one, honestly. There's things we all know we could save more on. So, and in that's today's like influencer world it's so easy to just be to buy everything and it feels yeah. like everybody has more clothes and they are buying new expensive shoes and i oh, yeah. keep on it definitely stop with that stuff i i because i because i will say don't save on your daily coffee if you like that i'm not like a like a like i'm not a don't spend money on your latte i'm no. the opposite <laughs> <laughs> well dave ramsey said something he's like you're not going to get rich by not spend by not buying coffee, it's like the bigger picture. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was a lot of fun, Allie. I'm so glad we were able to connect. What is your website? Reminded me the name of your company. How can people get a hold of you? Yeah, of course. So um, the name of the company is Beyond Herpes, and I, you know, you'll see me on Instagram and TikTok Beyond Herpes with Allie. The website handle and we can put it. I know you'll you can put it in the show notes probably is Live Beyond Herpes. L I V E beyond herpes.com. And then I, the best way to get a hold of me is to reach out via my um, website, whether it's for the herpes stuff or obviously for the job stuff or sales stuff. Um, just shoot me an email via my website um, or follow me on Instagram and shoot me a message there as well. So um, I'll I'll send you both those so you have them. Okay. And her TikToks are really popping off. I'm proud of her for that too. Oh, gee, That's a whole other thing we can talk about. Who knows what yeah. the, like some get so many likes or whatever, or she, she, like and some go viral and some don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's the so fun about TikTok if you have no idea. It's just a cut shoot. You. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Allie, thank you so much for meeting. Love you. And so proud of thank you. Thank you. I know. Wait, thank you so much. I'm so happy we met too. Now I'm getting all like sentimental. So you're a badass. Thank you for doing what you do. I just told my roommate what you do. And she's like, that's amazing. And female empowerment and more women should do jobs that aren't just like working for the man. So that's what we decided. We were going to make sure I noted. (laughs)